Hey everybody, Chris Harey with you on the Chargers Training Camp Podcast. Today I'm joined by former All-Pro linebacker Sean Merriman. Merriman and I look ahead to Sunday's preseason opener in Los Angeles. We also discuss his visit this offseason with the Chargers rookies, spending last weekend with LT, and whether or not he thinks his single-season sack record could be in jeopardy in 2017. Okay, it's my pleasure to bring in the former All-Pro, Sean Merriman, to the Chargers Training Camp Podcast. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram, at Sean Merriman. Sean, I appreciate you joining me, man. How you doing? Good, my man. How's everything? Everything is good. It's it's starting to get real here in L.A. We got a football game at StubHub Center on Sunday, Sean. And having spent six seasons with this organization and being so familiar with L.A. at the same time, you've got to be looking forward to this landmark weekend for the franchise. It is. It is. And um, it, it's monumental. If you really look at it uh, across the board and making the move, um, you know, one thing I was talking about earlier is you, you get a chance to be a part of history. And I, I think that the guys are uh, – starting to really realize that that they're they're a part of history that this move to LA can 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 be forever remembered and, and known for a long time. And uh they have a good opportunity to come here and, and, and really do some things and, and get in front of some new people, some new fans, some new eyes. And that's that's what's the most exciting part about it. You know, you start over fresh, um you got a great team this year. They got some players uh coming in that's gonna help the team out a lot. And uh, it's an exciting time for everybody. It should be really exciting for them. It's Sean, I know there's a few things that fans in L.A. like, right? They like the glitz, and I think you're going to get that with that unique experience at StubHub Center. They like stars, and I think this roster has a ton of them. And then, obviously, it comes down to winning. And I think this team has a real shot to win a lot of games this upcoming season. They, they do. They do, and you're right about that. I mean, uh, this is L.A., man. I mean, people like personality. And uh, they like people who, uh, you know, they can come to the game to support and also, you know, really get behind and identify with. And, and this is a team with, with, with great personality. You know, you look at uh, some of the stuff with Melvin Ingram, Melvin Gordon. Um, you know, you go look at Phillip, who uh, many people know <laughs> will we'll open up his mouth at times and, and get after it. And, um, you know, you have, uh, you know, guys who are a little bit, who's been around for a long time, but, but have uh, kind of a more of a quiet persona than uh, Antonio Gates. You know, these fans here in L.A. are very familiar with uh, Antonio Gates and his time and, and um, what he's done for the team. And most importantly, to win. That's going to be number one. Um, you know, you can have the best team on paper, great guys, personality, characters, and all that stuff, but winning is it, 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 it's number one. Um, winning is over everything, and they have an opportunity to do that. Well, let's get your thoughts on this team in 2017. You played with Rivers and you played with Gates. You know the playmakers that they have on offense. They have talent on all three levels of the defense. And over the past couple of years, Sean, this team had 11 fourth-quarter leads, and they just couldn't hold on to them. But I get the sense that watching camp, that Anthony Glenn is going to make an indelible impact on this group. Oh, no question. Uh, No question about it. And it's hard to even put together those numbers. Think about that. Eleven fourth quarter lead <laughs> can you that that uh that they given up and you know that's the equivalent of winning three or four games you know you went four games last year and you have a completely different season we're not even talking about the same team you know then you have guys like Keenan Allen coming back with just another spark plug um so if you look around the field and, and, it's, and it's hard not to get excited for what the team has already um, but if they go out and get things done, which they can, and start fast, that's that's one thing you have to do here, especially making a move this big, 
you know, now all the moving is done and it's put behind you, that that's not a distraction anymore. Now you can get excited about what's coming and uh, what's coming up now. And if you start fast, it can really do a lot of things for your season because now you're not your back is not against the wall. Um, and now it's about momentum and keeping that momentum. Yeah, and three of the four first regular season games are at StubHub Center. So to your point, let's say you, you get a win on the road against the Broncos. you got three straight uh, home games to, to get off to that fast start. On defense, Sean, there weren't many players who got to the quarterback as well as you did. And this team has two guys coming off the edge in Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa. When you study their game, what jumps out to you on film? Uh for one, they, they're a great tandem. And I think I posted something about it the other day on my Twitter. They're a great tandem, and, and not to really make comparisons because I don't like to compare other players, even myself, to anyone or someone else to another player. But, you know, they have a lot of what we had back there when I played was myself and Sean Phillips. Um, you know, I don't think that I would go out and be able to do the things I did on Sundays without having Sean Phillips on the other side. And I don't think I could. And that's what they have. They have a Joey Bolson and Melvin Ingram, two capable guys going out making a play. And you have to decide on the offensive side of the ball when you're playing these guys, which way and which guy do we want to block. Um, and since you have two guys that's more than capable of making plays, it's almost in a sense pick your poison. You know, which, which L do you want to take? You know, and um, since you have two guys that, that can go out and be an explosive, it's going to help everybody everybody else out. You know, those cornerbacks and safeties aren't going to have to cover as long uh, because the ball has to be gone out of, out of a quarterback hand within three seconds. If not, you know, quarterbacks are going to end up on the ground, period. You and Leslie O'Neill hold the Chargers single-season sack record with 17. Joey Bosa had 10.5 last year in 12 games. Is that record in jeopardy in 2017? Hopefully. Hopefully, um, you know, I'm not, I've never been a guy that's been, you know, look, if I set the record and it's, it's been great, um, you know, I didn't even know when I had the 17 that I was tied with Leslie O'Neill. Obviously, I knew Leslie was a great player, um, loved watching him growing up, um, but I didn't know at the time until approaching that game. I think it was against the Arizona Cardinals that I was coming into that game um, and when I was close to breaking the, rack, the record. Um, I, I think that I, I really do believe that Bosa and Joey Bosa can do it. Um, you know, having a strong first year, which I knew he was going to have uh, once he got on the field and really got his feet under him, it, it, it's possible. And you always you look, you want to see records broken. You don't want to see the game stay the same, and um, and you want to see the game progress and uh, get better over time. And the only way to get better is these records are, are, are broken, and I think he could possibly do it. Every team in the AFC West has pass rushers. You look at Denver with with Vaughn and Shane Ray. The Raiders have. Khalil Mack and Bruce Irvin. The Chiefs have kind of a three-headed monster with Houston and D. Ford and Tom Bailey. What's the best way for an offense to prepare for that if you're the Chargers, knowing that you have six games against those divisional opponents? Uh, you know what? One of the one of the biggest things I always had problems with when I was a player coming in a game is guys, quarterbacks, who get rid of the ball fast. Um, and you can only do that by being up. You know, once you get to seven to nothing or ten to ten to nothing. Uh, you know, 10 to 3, then you don't have to take those risks anymore and, and let those pass rushes uh, unleashed. Um, you know, going into the game, if the, if the team can get up early against those pass rushes, then they don't have to hold on to the ball as long uh, to throw the ball down the field. You can kind of get those guys on their heels, quick huddles, get in and out uh, off the field and, and things like that, and just cause a problem for those pass rushes because, 
look, great pass rushers are going to make plays if you give them time, period. It's, it's not a – it's not can they make it or not. It's if you have enough time against the pass rusher, they're going to make plays. So keep those pass rushers on their heels, not knowing whether it's going to be a draw, a screen, a run, or a, a quick pass. You know, now you can go down and field a long play. Really keep on their heels and give them problems, and that's the way to kill that problem. And we, we know about the weapons that Phillip has on the outside, and I think you couple that with – the, the tight ends with Hunter Henry and, and Antonio Gates, to your point, getting the ball out a little bit quicker. And then Melvin Gordon coming out of the backfield and then Brandon Oliver coming back. I think there are prescriptions for a, a pass rush on this Chargers offense. Oh, no question about it. And it starts really with that running game. Uh, with Melvin Gordon, uh, turns out, and he has a great season, a thousand-plus yard season, uh, which I believe personally he will have. Um, that's going to open up all the doors for the passing game. Um, it, it really can get scary the amount of points they can put up this year. And I, I want to jump out there and say that possibly they could score 30 points a game this year. Um, I really do believe that because they they have the weapons to do it and they have the defensive guys to give them more opportunities on offense with uh, turnovers uh, and turnover ratio. They have that. They have the core nucleus to go out and get it done. Uh, it just matters whether they're going to get it done or not, and I think they could. Sean, this offseason, you got to speak with the Chargers rookies about adjusting to life in the NFL. What was the biggest piece of advice you shared with those guys, and what did you take from that experience? Uh, for one, I realized, I realized how old I was now, walking in, <laughs> talking, <laughs> talking to some of those guys, and I, and I had a conversation with Dean Spanos, and I asked him, uh, I said, man, did I, did I look that young and baby-faced when I came in? And he said, yep, yeah. you know, um, and so, you know, you realize how, how fast time flies. But two, um, you know, there was a, there was a young Sean Merriman sitting, sitting in those seats and somebody else uh, coming and talking to us. At the time, there was a rookie symposium, but um, there was a young Sean Merriman that was sitting on, in, in the seats and listening to someone else talk. And I tried to relate to as many things possible. And, and I think that people that know me and know me best know that I don't, I don't really hold back much. I'll say what I feel and I'll say what I think that needs to be said. Um, and I think that they took a lot of it in. And, and one of the things that I told them is, is take, take advantage of, of, of a great opportunity. Um, this move to L.A. for them is, is uh, it could be a part of history. These are the 2017 Los Angeles Chargers, and they have an opportunity to make history, so take advantage of that. Also, take advantage of what you have around you. You know, you're playing in the National Football League now, the biggest stage, um, you know, to me in the world that you can play on. Um, Football is, is a game that uh, they can teach you a lot of things in life, and if you take advantage of it at the right time and, and do, what you, do, do what you need to do, this thing can be around for a long time. So um, really just speaking uh, to them and having the questions, I, I enjoyed probably the questions more than I did talking to them about and just hearing the questions that some of these guys had because um, they were legitimate questions. What was the best question that you received from one of the rookies? Really, time management um, and all the stuff that they was going to have. So I, I, I res- uh, had a question from one of the rookies, like, "What, what was I doing at this time? Like, what, what issues or problems I've had um, coming into the situation, and what did I do about it?" And for me, it was all it was time management, um, realizing uh, that you you're coming in a, a lot of things coming at you. You got questions here, you got you know family, and you got agents, and you have managers, assistants, and financial it's a lot of stuff going on your first year and you have to stop your head spinning for two seconds 
and realize what's most important to you, and that's to play the game of football, get your head in the playbook, start watching as much film as you can, and get done what you need to get done on the football field first and everything else in second. Uh, that That's one thing that I kind of pass along to them to get prepared for and what's most important to them. Sean, in what ways is being a rookie now in 2017 different from your first season to 2005? I think the first thing that kind of stands out to me is just this this world of social media that we're living in with, with Twitter and Facebook and Snapchat and Instagram and Instagram stories. I feel like that's something that's just another wrinkle in uh, you know in a rookie's first season in the NFL that they kind of have to be aware of. Yeah, no question about it because it wasn't as big when I came in in 2005. Um, we had some social media stuff, but not really much. And it, it, it grew. So on my, on my way out of the game in around 2011, 2012, when social media really, really uh, blew up and it became something that could make or break you depending on what you did on it, what you post, um, what somebody else have, uh, you know, looking at. And um, it became a staple to really talking about and seeing who you were as a person. And that wasn't out there when I, when I came in in, in 2005. So, with these guys, they have even more of a platform to do the right things. If you do the right, if you do what you need to do as as a player, you you know you post you know uh, some of the great things about what you're doing off the field, community, what you're doing on the team, and um, you can you can really in a sense build a platform for yourself um, that's going to be around forever. And that's one thing that I got a chance to speak to the guy. I said, look, you can you know you do this thing right. You go out there and perform. You play well. You guys win. Um, and, and, you know, you do this, these great things for your team, you can build a platform for yourself that will be around and it's going to last your lifetime. So take advantage of it. Sean, last thing for you, Hall of Fame weekend. I guess it may be old news now because we're taping this on a Friday, but you can never talk enough about LT's speech and the job that he did. And I know you were in Canton to, to support him. If you could, share with me the highlight for you and or a, a good story from the weekend. It was the ultimate experience for me um, to be there. And, uh, you know, it's funny that they induct you, I think it's, what, four or five years after you retire. And it, it, it's a great period of time to reflect on everything that you did while you, while you were playing. You know, you, uh, sometimes when you're playing, things are moving so fast, you don't realize the type of guys, teammates, the locker room, the wins, losses, the ups and downs, watching film, laughing with guys. Um, you know, all these things that you don't really pay attention to until you're removed away from the game. So to come back and watch all the LT's highlights, and I think that everyone's seen the, the speech that he did. I mean, if that's not nominated as the best speech that's ever happened in the Hall of Fame, I would be shocked um, because he was speaking on things about life, things about, you know, little, you know, politics and football and opportunity. He touched on so many points that hit across the board Get across the board with everybody that uh, you know it has to go down to one of the speeches. So I, I think it was that speech for me that that I'll never forget because seeing the crowd react um, and the applause and it coming from one of the best running backs in my opinion, the best running back of all time, it coming from him um, and being a former teammate is something that I'll remember for the rest of my life. It was certainly an all-timer, and I spoke with Dean Spanos this week, and he mentioned how LT is going to be such a big part of the community here in Los Angeles with the, with the L.A. Chargers. So we look forward to seeing him around L.A. And, Sean, tell me about what you're doing this weekend. I know that uh, you're going to try to get to the game on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, I'm actually headed up tomorrow. Uh, I uh, 
own a uh, NASCAR team on the Canyon and West Series. And uh, my driver, Jesse Awuji, is uh, is, is uh, driving this weekend, tomorrow actually, in uh, Washington and Monroe. So I'm headed up to the track and uh, supporting that. He's a huge ambassador for my company, Lifestyle. Um, and it's, it's been great. Uh, so, you know, another another team sport, you, even though you only have a, one guy driving, but if you know NASCAR, it, it, it's all about the team and the crew chief and, you know, your, your team that's really pushing you and putting you together to go out and perform uh, during the races. So I'm a hustle on back, man, and, and catch the, uh, try to catch the first pieces game on Sunday and uh, talk some Chargers football. Awesome, man. Well, hey, I wish you the best of luck. He's Sean Merriman. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Sean Merriman. And, Sean, I will see you at StubHub this Sunday, my man. You got it. See you soon. Okay, that'll do it for today's Chargers Training Camp podcast. A big thanks to Sean Merriman. And a quick reminder that this podcast is now on iTunes. Search Chargers Podcast to subscribe. And if you could, please leave a review. And if you're heading to the game Sunday, make sure to arrive early Chargers.com has everything you need to know about attending StubHub Center this weekend. Until next time, we'll see you soon.